Welcome to the Inside Startup Investing Podcast powered by King's Crowd. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lestrino. From discussions with founders and VCs to industry experts and special guests, we want to provide you with the inside scoop on all things startup investing. Whether you're investing $50 a deal or $500,000 a deal, we have the stories you need to hear before clicking invest. From the metaverse to spaceflight and beyond, join us as we explore the world of startup investing for all. And now, on to this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today, as always, on the Inside Startup Investing Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lestrino, founder and CEO of King's Crowd. And today, I am joined by Judah Longrier, who's the co-founder and CEO of Nicolytics. Um, I'll let him tell you a little bit more about what they're up to, but this is a really cool startup that many of you may have already actually invested in on Republic when they did their last offering. Um, and they're making incredible progress as a business, and it's a pretty cool uh, startup. So I'm excited to get into this conversation and learn a little bit more about what they're up to. So Judah, thank you very much for joining us here today. How are you? I'm great, Chris. It's Friday and you know, fired up and excited to be here talking to you and the community. Absolutely. So let's dive in. What's your background and what is Nicolytics up to? Yeah, happy to. So I've, I've kind of been just a lifelong entrepreneur, um, you know, probably similar to you, wired towards this space. Had my first company when I was 19. It was a little coffee shop. Uh, after I sold that, went to college and all, kind of worked in sales all through college, studied advertising, public relations. So I was always kind of fascinated by by that space. Um, worked in some corporate gigs right out of college, wanted to, you know, try and try and make as much money as possible after doing the entrepreneur thing. So I was fortunate to lead business development and sales teams at companies like Salesforce, NetApp, and Gartner. And then back in 2017, really got the entrepreneur bug. Um, and that's when I branched out and um, started the company, which today is known as Nicolytics. And um, maybe that's a good place to kind of talk about what we're up to. So Nicolytics you know, you can really think of us in the out-of-home advertising sector. So, you know, that's probably most commonly known, you know, familiar for people with like billboard ads, bus ads. And we take a bit of a different approach. We focus um, pretty much solely on the mobility space. Um, so this emergence of Uber vehicles, e-scooters, uh, even autonomous delivery robots and what we do is we work with advertising partners who are interested in placing ads on these emerging mediums. We've built a measurement system that is able to show the types of consumers, the number of consumers, and then actually digitally retarget those consumers. Um, and the most important part of the platform is we can show attribution. So we can actually show the number of consumers that took action after being exposed to their ads. So what that does is allow customer, allow brands and agencies to see um, just exactly how effective their ad budget is, which has been kind of the missing key for for the out of home industry. So, a lot of information there, I know, but that's really kind of a high level of of my background and kind of what Nicolytics is up to. And I'm sure we'll dive, you know, more deep into the nuances there. Well, you know, what? let's start with the out of home. That's actually not a word or a term I had ever heard of. So, just to make sure I understand, when you say out of home, you're talking about literally individuals being able to put an ad on their car. Is that is that what out of home means? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think I take it for granted because this is what I you know do daily. So it's kind of, um, you know, you, you forget that not everyone is familiar with the terminology. So if you look at just, you know, take a step back, the advertising landscape, right? There's really kind of like four or five main sectors. 
So we all know digital out of home, and that's really kind of the the gorilla in the room, the you know the the very large ad spend. And of course, there's been you know traditional TV, print over the years. Um, I think I said radio, but this other one out of home has been really one of the oldest and most trusted mediums. And and out of home advertising um, mainly are like billboards, bus wraps. Um, you know, just really kind of any ad you see outside of your home. Okay. And, um, you know, it's, it's a great medium and you don't see a lot of empty billboards. So that means people like it. The challenge has been that it's, it's very slow and antiquated when it comes to launching these ads. And also it's very hard to measure, to know just how impactful those ads are. And so what we do is we make launching out of home ads as simple, scalable, and measurable as posting an online ad. So we bring a lot of the, cap- the, the measuring capabilities that you're going to get from posting a Facebook ad to the out of home industry, primarily focused on this mobility sector because it's just such a large kind of underutilized asset that we're seeing a lot of success with from our advertisers. That's really, really interesting. So obviously the big question here is, well, how do you actually get those numbers you're talking about? Because it is hard. It's like, if you have an ad on the side of a car, how do you get attribution and know people are taking action against that? What's your solution to that problem? Yeah, yeah, great question. So, you know, I can't take credit for this. We have some great um, technical support on the team, my co-founder, who, um, technical background, and really the way that technology works at a fundamental level is all of our assets, right? So think of our drivers, they're using our GPS data, right? So they're driving with the mobile app and they have to track that to basically qualify for campaigns. What that does is gives us the ability to create a visibility cone around the assets. And then based on how fast they're going, the weather, the time of day, we then partner with large data warehouses and various other data partners to cross-correlate consumers unique IDs, meaning their cell phones that were within the proximity of, let's say, 15, 20 feet to 30 feet of that ad. Mm. And with that algorithm of saying how fast they're going, the weather, the time of day, that gives us an understanding of, okay, this is the probability that they were exposed. We can't guarantee that they saw the ad, just like you can't really guarantee someone saw an ad online. Um, But what we say is the first layer is that impression data. And then since we have that unique IDs, we're able to do some really cool things like show the demographic data. So, um, you know, the gender, the income range, the educational level, and then even the buying persona. So is this like an extreme game enthusiast? Is this a luxury good shopper, Um, you know, fast foodie? And then we can actually digitally retarget those consumers. So let's say we're working with the fast food or QSR brand. And they want to digitally retarget people who frequent, um, you know, restaurants or fast food. So we can actually, you know, segment the part of the customer exposure that was exposed to that digital retarget it. And then we just follow that through all the way, meaning we can have a pixel on the client's website to show what action they took. Did they actually drop, did they Google the site? Did they visit the retail location? Did they download the mobile app? Um, so that's how the technology works at a very high level fundamental perspective, but it's really kind of a mix of, you know, geospatial data with large amounts of third-party unique ID data and data warehouses. And then we just kind of put that all together in a very easily digestible 
um, dashboard that the advertiser can log into. They can track where the ads are at, who's who's being exposed to it. We don't show them, you know, the names of the consumers exposed, GDPR compliant, you know, no personal identifiable information, but we're giving this kind of uh, very qualitative type of data to give them that, that actual insights to make sure that their digital ad spend are, is going to the types of consumers that they're truly trying to reach. So they're really getting an omni-channel exposure, right? Getting the real world exposure. And then again, you're seeing it again, maybe on your mobile phone. Yeah, no, that that's really sophisticated. In terms of business model, it sounds like you kind of, in some ways you sit in between the advertiser who wants to utilize your platform to be able to run a campaign and see how it's performing. And then on the other side, since a lot of what you're doing right now is kind of the, the drivers and putting it on their car, you kind of have to sell them on utilizing Nicolytics as almost like a service provider. So how, do, how does all of that work? Yeah, it's, that's another great question. So we're a two-sided marketplace, right? So we have the drivers today is kind of our main inventory. We also have fleet providers as well. So I'll talk a little bit more about kind of what we're doing now. And I think some of the things that are super exciting, especially in terms to in like, you know, the future of the business. But what we did is we built, um, you know, a mobile app on both iOS and Android that allows any kind of gig economy driver to download the mobile app. They create a profile, they upload their vehicle, they type in, you know, the type of platforms that they drive for. And, you know, at first it was a little bit of marketing to get them aware of it. And I think thankfully based off just the value proposition that we have um, and the coverage that we've been able to receive, we've received a large amount of inquiries nationwide. So we now have over, I think, 20,000 drivers in our database using the mobile app. So people are always looking to make extra money. And that's really the value proposition. We're going to get a, you know extra 150 to $200 per month for essentially doing no additional work. On the advertiser side, you're right. We're working with them. And that's really kind of the, I would say, our, our main priority right, right now, and it has been, is getting those um, advertisers interested in the platform. It's really nice because we really have built a really good relationship to be able to work directly with brands, but we also have a lot of agencies who actually are essentially resellers, if you will, for our platform. So agencies in the world of advertising, you know, they might be tasked with selling, you know, or they might be tasked with managing McDonald's ad spend, right? Their job is to go out and find the best solutions for, McDonald's, so to speak. And then um, they'll find Nicolytics. They like what we do. We do the demo. We showcase the value proposition and they can then take that back to McDonald's and say, hey, you know, this is, this should be part of your out of phone marketing plan. Um, so that's really enabled us to really scale nicely because of those relationships we've built with the agency side. But yeah, I would say just in kind of full transparency, you know, it's always more of a focus and a tougher time to get the advertisers because that's who's, you know, paying the bills as opposed mm -hmm. to the drivers who are, you know, getting money from this value proposition. But thankfully, we're, we're cracking the code on, on both sides and, and growing nicely. And in terms of the advertisers, I'm curious what type of advertisers have come in and wanted to utilize the platform. I mean, in general, these campaigns, they must tend to be rather hyper-local, right? Or do you have a national presence and they're able to do this across multiple states and what have you? Yeah, yeah. So um, at first when we got founded, right, it was really just, you know, working with smaller and medium-sized brands, right? Because those were just quicker um, decision makers. We were able to really um, get feedback right really quickly on you know how this is working there's a lot of iteration 
but over time we saw that there was a lot of opportunity in the, kind of the enterprise sector. And so, you know, once we had those case studies and those wins to point to, some of the larger brands were able to start, you know, trusting the platform. And I'll give you one quick, you know, kind of case study, right? So Amtrust, Fortune 500 company, they did a pilot with us in New York City with five vehicles. And, you know, the biggest thing I think we we challenged for them is that they got a CPM, which is cost per thousand impressions for a fraction of the cost of what they would have paid for a billboard in New York City, right? So they said, okay, great. Well, we're willing to test this. Let's see how this goes. Just so happened to be where the CMO like saw the vehicles and got images of it. So that obviously was like very cool too, to kind of see that interactive uniqueness of it. But we also were able to work with their digital team on the digital retargeting component of it. So we were helping to bring kind of two internal team members that their team like orgs that necessarily weren't working together, the out of home team and the digital team. So we were really able to help kind of, you know, connect those two dots. And they were so happy with the results that they scaled it up to, I believe it was 60 vehicles across four major markets Hmm. um, this year. So we are nationwide. We're seeing a lot more, I would say, traction now with the enterprise customers. But at first it was really investing in the platform, making it essentially infinitely scalable. Um, But yeah, we've done campaigns and, and even today we have campaigns live in Los Angeles and San Diego, Pittsburgh, um, Cincinnati, Florida, um, St. Louis, Nashville. So we're definitely, you know, kind of nationwide and can go where the demand is at. Wow. So you you have kind of this car segment and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on growth potential in that market. I mean, I'm sure there is an unbelievable number of drivers willing to do this. And then I guess it's a question of the advertisers, but I'd be curious to hear like what kind of penetration you think in kind of the ride sharing market you can get. And then is there any exciting expansionary opportunities like having some billboards where you can do measurements in a way that's never been done before? Where else are you looking? Great question. And definitely something that we spend a lot of time thinking about is kind of our go-to-market and growth. So you know we 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 just see that there's so much opportunity in the mobility sector and our and our advertisers really look to us for that because it's a lot of a differentiation. It's where consumers are at. And there's been a lot of change over the last five years. But with that said, we have recently partnered with Serb Robotics. So the fully autonomous vehicles that are doing deliveries out in LA. So we're we're handling their their ad advertisers and we'll be kind of coming public with a few of those exciting announcements here in the near future. Um, and so we, we're seeing a lot more kind of innovative types of mobility platforms, you know, e-scooters, e-bikes, really kind of in the urban core. Um, And then one of the areas that I think we're probably most excited about and bullish on is in the EV charging network, right? So we all know the challenge in the EV charging network that we need to go green. We need to do this very, very soon. Um, But there's just not a lot of money in electricity. There's still a lot of different disconnections on how we're going to make that happen. Well, what we're doing is um, partnering with a couple Future, uh, forward-thinking EV charging networks and landowners to actually integrate digital out-of-home advertising. So essentially, you can think of kind of like gas station ads 2.0, which will be a better experience than just your traditional gas station advertisements, but uh, we'll bring digital advertising to them, and that will kind of keep us core to our, our focus, um, but really unlock a new medium of growth because we need to get to about, I think it was like 500,000 charging networks by 2030. Um, and we can help with, you know, bringing profitability 
while mitigating, you know, kind of our, you know, potential risk by being hyper-focused, by focusing on just the advertising, not trying to own that entire value chain. So um, there's that. And there's also like European opportunities. So I went through a Techstars accelerator in 2020 that was in Europe. Um, so we had a lot of opportunities there to expand to Europe, but because COVID happened, so that kind of slowed things down, but we're still actively looking at that as a potential growth. So I think between those kinds of, you know, segments in the mobility sector, I think that will allow us to, you know, stay kind of key differentiation and then not say we won't get into billboards eventually, uh, but there's just so much competition in that space. And there's already, I would say, so much juice squeezed out of those fruits that it's like, you know, where can we go to really be a little bit more of innovative in the approach? And then obviously, you know, growth will be growth and we'll continue to look at new ways of of adding those in. But those are the most, those are the more immediate steps we're looking to take. Tactically, I'm curious, uh, do you guys uh, actually manage the process of also wrapping the car and whatever advertisement, or do you have a partner for that? Yeah, great question. So we try to do as little operational um, work as possible, just from a a, a standpoint of scalability. We absolutely do not do the wrapping ourselves. We have in-house designers that do the designs. We've just seen that that's been just way better and quicker to get these vehicles print ready. But we have a network of uh, over, you know, 5,000, I think it is 3M installers where they're actually getting the install work shipped directly to them through our national print partner. And then they just schedule a time with our drivers through our app to then get the vehicle wrapped. And so it's professionally done. It's backed by their warranty. And that keeps us kind of outside of the the production field of needing to kind of expand to getting installers and stuff, which would be pretty, which would be pretty uh, tough if we had to. So you've raised capital from Techstars. You've raised capital from the crowd. You've now raised capital from a venture shop, Bears Dev Ventures. Um, talk a little bit about how your capital raising has gone, some of the challenges, some of the good things uh, that you've experienced along the way. <laughs> Happy to. That's always an interesting topic, I think, especially for first-time founders, right? You know, so when I originally founded the company, or we founded the company back in, um, I think it was 2000, around 18, it was actually a rideshare business paid for by advertising, right? So very much in a similar space, but a lot more operationally heavy. Uh, that was called the nickel ride. And so we raised some, some capital for that. I want to say around a million dollars. And then, you know, we saw that the real value was in this underlying tech and this underlying measurement platform. It was kind of very operationally heavy to just, you know, scale both. And so in 2019, we pivoted to purely Nicolytics. Um, and that was a tough pivot, right? Because it was, you know, very different business models. But, but, you know, we obviously had to look at the data and kind of trust our instincts. And so we did that. We wanted to do by do right by all the investors. So we kept them all intact um, and essentially started to build a business back up. Well, thankfully, fast forward four or five months later, we got into Techstars and that was the program that I was in Europe. Uh, so when we graduated, it was right at COVID. So a bit of a tough time to be selling out of home advertising when everyone's locked home. But we knew it wouldn't last forever. At least we hoped it wouldn't. And so we really doubled down on just continuing to invest in the platform, staying lean. And once we positioned ourselves, we started to focus on businesses that were growing, right? So like B2C, uh, various e-commerce platforms. And so since Q4 of 2020, we've just really been on a nice gross, a growth per, um, projection since, you know, just growing our revenue. So over that time, we've just we've stayed very true to just being very lean in the, the, the startup fashion. But we saw Republic around, I think it was 2021, as a great opportunity. And they kind of talked to us when we were at, at 
Techstars way of not just raising capital, but also helping to bring a lot of you know strategic partners and you know really kind of I would say like super fans to our platform. And that was such a great experience because not only did we raise around 400,000, I think it was in capital, but we we got a lot of actual strategic, you know, advertisers out of that. It was able to get a lot of like, you know, visibility. Um, and that helped us to continue to grow the business. And since then, we have got a, uh, you know, undisclosed amount investment, six figures from a very strategic VC investor. Um, that's also helping on the business development side, right? So a really unique model where they're actually helping to bring, you know, 10 to 12 meetings to our calendar each week. And, you know, we're, we're closing those at pretty, you know, pretty good rate. And yeah, we, we wanted to come back to Republic exactly for that reason, because we look at it as obviously the capital is, is important, uh, but we also look at it as a, as a great way to kind of market the business, kind of show the growth that we've been up to give the people who originally invested another chance, you know, at a, almost double the evaluation since we were at, at the first time, which typically what you want to see when you're investing in a startup, the valuation <laughs> going up. Um, and Republic's just been a great uh, supporter of the business. So certainly challenges, right? I think that was one thing you asked. Um, there's real no playbook on how to raise capital for your business because each sector, right? You, there's a lot of nuances, a lot of things that are important. You got to have a, not just a good product, not just a good team, but the, the sector and the or the timing has to be right. And the sector has to be right. I think that's what is lining up now is that we have the right product. We have the right team. Um, it's a really exciting time for out-of-home advertising. So digital out-of-home or digital advertising has become a lot more expensive due to some privacy changes on the Apple iOS side. So we're seeing a lot of growth in out-of-home. And the last sector is kind of the culmination of it to where, you know, all those things are lining up. And I think we're in a good place to, you know, just keep executing and growing the business. There's a lot of things that have to go right for for the, for a company to, to grow successfully, as we know. Um, but thankfully, I think we're we're finding the win there. Yes, indeed. A lot of things certainly do need to go right. Well, this has been wonderful, Judah. Thank you so much for your time today. For those who are interested, you can invest in Nicolytics on Republic right now. It's a really interesting company, really exciting opportunity. Um, I think it's very, very cool. And I, I appreciate that you've been able to pivot, stay lean, figure out a model that actually works and really show that initial traction. So congrats to you on all of your success to date and uh, appreciate your insights here today. Oh, thank you, Chris. Great to talk to you. Congrats again on everything you've done on your side and excited to be, you know, uh, you know, part of the conversation with you today. Outstanding. Thank you everyone for listening and have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Inside Startup Investing. Before you go, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a like or a positive review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts and be sure to like and share our latest episodes. And if you like what you heard and want to learn more about how we can help you manage your startup investing search, diligence, and management at Kingscrowd, check us out at kingscrowd.com. Thanks, and until next time, happy investing.